Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 451. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hi. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's Nope, which is playing now in theaters. We're also going to be going over some of the watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be very helpful. I don't really have any housekeeping. We are continuing our Fantasia Festival coverage. We just took a week off because Nope, Nope came out. And that was a, that's a biggie. Uh, next week, we'll be coming back to continue talking about some of the movies that are screening this year at Fantasia. And uh, there's also going to be some written um, reviews publishing on the site as well. So stay tuned for that. It's a, it's a good festival so far. I saw a bunch of stuff, and I still have a bunch of stuff yet to see, so very exciting. With that, I think we can jump into Note. As I said, this is directed by, written and directed by Jordan Peele. I have a synopsis here. Uh, Residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny, chilling discovery. Now, I don't know how much... How much is it okay to like talk about this movie as far as the plot? Like, is it is it one of those movies where you just don't want to like reveal anything about it? I it's that's a difficult call, I think, because I think that's for me that's what made this movie work the most well, for me, especially because now I I thought that it had it was possibly an alien thing. I think that that's pretty evident from. The trailer. Yeah. Now, I to what most, extent? Yeah. Exactly. To what extent? Exactly. You don't know. You don't know the details. But you know that there's some sort of uh, being. There's some sort of creature. There's something flying in the sky and doing something. That's really the extent of what you, what you know about this. There's a UFO type thing happening. So I think that that's all we'll really get into, unless we want to talk. But if we do. Spoilers, we'll tack it on at the at the very end of the show. But I um so I literally just got back from seeing this. So this is like completely fresh for me. I haven't really had a lot of time to think about it and to kind of stew over it. But uh initial impressions liked it quite a bit. I found this to be a lot more fun than Jordan Peele's uh last two films. That and, and that's not like a dig on on his last two films, I think that those are really great too, and I enjoyed both of those very much. But I feel like this one has a lighter tone than his last two films, and I actually found that pretty refreshing. I enjoyed just the more comedic aspects of this one, and overall, I had a, there was a lot to like with this one. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed Nope very much. Good, good. I did as well. It felt. Very much like a summer blockbuster. Because the only thing that I could think the entire time watching it is I was just thinking, oh, this is this is Jaws. This is this Jaws. It, it's Jaws. It's Tremors. Uh, like, there's definitely some... Is there Tremors vibe to it? Yeah, there's definitely some elements of Tremors in there, which I obviously I, I love. I talk about that movie all the time. So there's there's elements of that in there. And it was just fun. Like, I just... I had a blast with it. There's a really great scene where they're like gearing up. Like there's yes. an awesome yes. gear up scene and you're just like, yes, yes. 
and it's just yeah. a it's just an exciting energetic movie and i i had a blast with it yeah it's got a lot of the stuff that you know me and you like a lot of the, what i would consider throwback things like the gearing up sequence and also just you know uh just everyday people coming together you know kind of like a ragtag team i liked angel a lot <laughs> the fries employee yeah you know doing coming up with their plan the whole planning sequence everything about it, it was just it was it was fun it it just it felt like an old school blockbuster to me and i just had a shit ton of fun with it i agree i think that it does feel like it is very much a popcorn movie more so than than jordan peele's other other movies um but i think that it it does elevate itself above like a lot of like kind of like Roland Emmerich type like it's it this oh, is yeah. this is definitely yeah. a, a step above Independence Day I would say yeah yeah I would say like in terms of yeah because I could see it saying a like a summer blockbuster you could because that's what like the Spielbergs have been replaced with but it feels like a classic blockbuster to me you know what I mean like the mm-hmm. old school Spielberg a big you know a big spectacle which of it course did, is yeah, kind of one did, of the themes of the movie, but in a lot of ways it did feel very Spielbergian. There was a little bit of an Amblin vibe to it, and I think that the score is one thing that that helped with that. I really love the score in this, and it's not usually something I I noticed too much. It had this like a like a little Western twinge to it that I think complemented the uh, the aesthetic, and yeah, it, it just. I don't know. There was a, there was like something that was oddly wholesome about this movie that really that really got me. Yes, yes, I hundred percent agree. The other thing I like about this um, is, in terms of you know, let's say thrillers or horror movies or anything that uh, a lot of what we've been watching over the last couple of years, a lot of the times what happens when we're watching them and this is true for me and i think it's true for you as well is a lot of them are pretty formulaic and the majority of the time you as a viewer are out in front of the movie Mm. like Mm -hmm. you know where it's going you know what's going to happen and you're kind of just like hopefully they prove me wrong please prove me wrong and most of the time they don't like occasionally there might be a tidbit here and there that kind of surprises you but for the majority of the time you're like, yeah, that pretty much played out the way I thought it would. Here, I didn't have that. I was just like, I was being led along as I was watching it. I was just, I was back, I was further back and I was just, okay, you know, you guide me through this. Yeah, I was just along for the ride. I didn't know where it was going. I wasn't even speculating in my mind. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to look, you know, multiple steps ahead of where the movie was. I was just. I was just long for the ride, just enjoying it and where it goes. I didn't see it coming. I didn't, I didn't really see where it was, where it was going. And the other thing is like, it, it doesn't take any kind of like harsh one eighties or anything like that. It's, it doesn't try to like M night Shyamalan the shit where it's just like, Oh, it's modern day, (laughs) you know, like nothing (laughs) like that where it completely changes the whole tone of the movie or whatever it it is you know a fairly straightforward sci-fi horror movie and i liked that um yes. 
I think that you can make a, a straightforward sci-fi horror movie and just really just use a if you have a good enough script, you know, the script here is great. I loved the dialogue. I loved the all the characters I thought were great. The dynamic between um Daniel Kalua and Kiki Palmer, I thought that the, them as siblings, I thought that it felt real, it felt natural. Loved Kiki Palmer in this. I thought she was just a complete badass the whole time. As I mentioned, I liked uh, Brandon Pereira as uh, Angel. Michael Wincott is in here, which was a surprise. I didn't know he was in this. Uh, because I've been trying a... <laughs> I've been trying to I, I really tried to avoid everything about this movie. Um, so I, so I went in as as cold as I could. I love that his name is Antlers Holst. In um, yeah, and I love the uh, the elaborate over the top um, scarf deal. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We need more Michael Wincott these days because uh, hopefully this is something that like like completely revitalizes his. I mean, he's you know he's always busy doing stuff but hopefully this will like knock him up into some like bigger bigger roles and stuff so yeah oh yeah and steven young too uh who played jupe 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 always love steven young i think he's a fantastic actor and And i I gotta say i love the the little sequence his little scene of the just over the top reverence for Chris Kattan, which I oh my God, really appreciated. Yeah. Just where truly appreciating. <laughs> there's a whole scene where he describes an SNL sketch. I just love like as soon as he starts describing it and he's going through the cast, you're just like, it's got to be Chris Kattan. Oh yeah, you, you knew you, you you know <laughs> yeah in a in a movie that that that's fairly unpredictable. As soon as that anecdote starts. And he's talking about the Gordy incident. You 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 know damn well that Catan is playing <laughs> playing yeah. Gordy. And it, and I, this again is a testament to Chris Catan and what he what he did, what he represented for for that period of time. Is he does that little antidote, and of course, right off the bat, I'm like, well, Chris Catan played Gordy without a doubt. And then I even thought I was like. That, that was that a real SNL sketch? That might have been because, like, I could I could see it in my mind's eye, like I could see him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I think they did that. Well, he did. He did play. He did play like a monkey. Yeah, he like did the sort thing of where he would, thing, right? Where he Eat would the smash apple? the yeah and just yeah. spit it out in your face. That's right. I remember. Yeah, I and remember then that. you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from there, you could see him tearing Anna Gastar's face off. Yep. I, I I thought the whole Gordy thing was very fascinating, like just that whole well, little, I, little and, side story thing. And I got to say, that's a to me, I thought that was a little bit of genius from Jordan Peele here. Is like you, I went in pretty damn cold. I think I only saw the initial trailer, which mm-hmm. I don't really remember to be honest. So I kind of go into this. The only thing I'm thinking is, I I'm pretty sure it's about aliens. I haven't again in what context. I have no idea. It's about aliens, though I think, and then that's the uh, that's the introduction that you get in the movie, and you're just kind of like, oh, wait, what? Could this be about something completely different? Like what? Yeah, yeah. 
So I, yeah, I appreciate that opener. as a misdirect, but also playing into the the overall theme of the movie. I thought that I thought that everything that that Jordan Peele did in this was, I mean, he's he's just a hell of a director. I mean, he's such a good storyteller. The fact that there's like so many Easter eggs and callbacks and links and different different things that like you you real realize like things that boil to the surface scenes that seemed insignificant you know previously come out and you're just like oh my god i remember that yeah that oh, that one thing. oh my god and they, they yeah that's something that i i thoroughly enjoy with the references and stuff is he he the, the storytelling is in like every aspect of the movie yeah like there's a scene where kiki palmer puts on an exuma album and that like that whole thing ties into you know exuma being a bahaman artist and but like the lyrics of that song kind of play into the story of what you're watching it like like every aspect plays into the storytelling yep it's it's like the level of detail it's definitely one of those movies that if you can go back and watch it again and you'll pick up like 35 more things that you didn't pick up on the the first time through. Yeah. Which, which I love. And I gotta say another thing that I, this is something that I realized like later on in the day after I watched this movie, which doesn't happen a lot, which tells me that even if I was, I wasn't sure, you know, how much I like this movie or not. Um, is the further I was removed from it, the more I wanted to read about it. Like I wanted to read reviews. I wanted to see what other people were saying, which normally does not happen. I usually do not care. Right. Yeah. Same. What other people have to say about a movie. I just, you know, like maybe a little curiosity to see like what the overall feeling is towards a movie, but not like this where I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I want to read more about this. Yeah. Uh, same. Unless, unless it, the the only other thing, the, sometimes if I see a movie that's like clearly, like polarizing or has a, that that, especially movies that that are like marketed towards a mainstream audience, but like don't have any kind of like mainstream qualities, I always kind of check to see like what people say about it and stuff. But yeah, other than those, I, I rarely look look into what people are saying. But this one, I definitely want to look into it more and see what people are saying about this one more than, more than us even like, yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I actually, I think if we were like ranking Jordan Peele's movies, I think that this would be above us is just as far as pretty much. Well, I liked us a lot, but this one, I think, um, I don't know if I liked it more than Get Out, but I would. I mean, it's still well, like the I dude. That, the, the, yeah, the dude's such a good director. Yeah, no, he's good. He's really good. Because I could see this going both ways for me. Because for me, on just like a pure entertainment level, I think this ranks the highest. But in terms of, because I could see people saying that this is a letdown. I could see that. I could see people saying that it didn't meet their expectations that it was a bit of a letdown that it wasn't as maybe complex as the other two movies. I can see that, but that didn't hurt it for me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that it was 
the same complexity as as us, but like, I don't think it needs to be. Yeah, I don't, and I think it's foolish for anyone to like expect that of of Jordan Peele. I don't think that he wants to like box himself in like that. I no. think a lot of a lot of the time he just comes up with cool ideas and just wants to tell those stories. And I, I don't know that he necessarily wants to be like you know this um with each of his movies having this like super deep meaning i will i will say i think that this one uh, was a better showcase of him doing like set pieces oh like yeah big, elaborate yeah, big time. set yeah. where you're just like okay like i'm pretty sure he can do anything you know what i mean like i don't i don't know if there's a weak a weakness in his craft you're right yeah i mean yeah there's like there's multiple set pieces in this that are really really well shot and are like super thrilling tense uh exciting like still keeping the comedy going like even in the most like kind of tense moments he still keeps that comedy going and like daniel kalula in this is so funny because there's like certain moments where he's not even saying anything like the scene in the there's a scene in the car again not going to give any spoilers away but there's a scene in a car where he's just sitting there and he doesn't say anything and he doesn't do anything but just his like blank expression as this (laughs) thing is occurring is just so funny without him really doing anything just him kind of looking straight ahead and i and i think that that it just feeds into the whole like the title, like Nope being the perfect title for this movie. I it's just it's just so good. I just I had such a great time with it. Same, same. I'm grinning ear to ear, Kevin. <laughs> grinning ear to ear. Yeah, this is uh this was quite a in terms of like you know, I don't really go to the movie theater that often anymore because it's a thirty minute drive for me now. So, you know, I got to be kind of invested to go to the movie theater. And this definitely did not disappoint. Absolutely. Yeah. Highly recommend. Oh, and uh, when I when I went to the theater today, there was like nobody in the theater. And there was only like maybe five other people in the the screening that I went to. So that was nice. Yeah. There was actually a lot in mine. And I went to a 1045 showing. 10:45. Wow. 10:45. Jeez. They didn't even have showings that early at the theater I went to, Queenscape. All right. Um anything else you want to add about Nope? Uh I also I I got to say I thoroughly enjoyed the the alien design. Yeah, uh, I did want to mention that too. Yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I was kind of surprised about and really impressed with was just the design like the uh, the creature design, yeah, because it it starts out pretty it's straightforward. Awesome. It's yeah, like I think that they did such a good job with. It. At times, you know, I got a little bit of a a fire in the sky vibe at one point, and I was like, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, let's go ahead and give it a score. Um, I think I'm sitting at like an eight on this one. 
Yeah, I'm thinking eight. I might even bump this up because I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I already feel as though that this is lined up in terms of like a, a rewatch, like a movie that I come back to, which oh, yeah. I don't have a lot of those. I don't have a lot, to be honest. Occasionally here and there, but this is one I could see like slowly getting worked back in, you know, like every two years or something like that. Yeah. So I could see this growing over time. Yeah, I think this is this definitely is is rewatch worthy. This is currently like my number two movie of the year. I I think that everything everywhere all at once still still squeaking ahead, but this is like right there. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good show. It's, you're ten minutes removed from the movie, so yeah. I mean, it's, it might, it might. Who knows where you'll be tomorrow morning? Yeah, and and again, like before the end of the year, I'll probably see this again. So yeah, you know, it, it might it might squeak up there. Yeah, I have a feeling that as soon as this drops on streaming, I'll probably watch it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. That's Nope. That's in theaters right now. Highly recommend going to see that. I think that Jordan Peele is a force to be reckoned with. He is three for three, and that is a, that's actually a very rare thing. Yeah, and I should say this. I, I feel like by the time that this is out, most people have seen it. You, you just got out of the movie theater, so you probably have no idea. But when you get a chance, check Jordan Peele's uh, Twitter account because he... he uh, tweeted out the like um, kind of like the opening credit sequence of Gordy's Home, the TV sitcom. Uh, yes, <laughs> I think I you'll mean, really appreciate it. I, I'm definitely going to be looking at that <laughs> right after we're done here. Gordy, <laughs> oh my god, what a show! Like I said at the top of the show, I am covering Fantasia Fest in Montreal right now. So I got a couple here that I can talk about uh, and then next week we'll talk about some more stuff. And then, like I said, there's going to be some written stuff as well. Uh, the first one I'll mention is next door. This is a dark comedy directed by Yum Ji Ho. It is a um, sort of a mystery th- thriller. Um, it's about a, a guy who is, trying to become a police officer. And so he's studying for the like entrance exam and he realizes that, so he, he took the entry entrance exam a couple times and failed. He's going to try for like, a, I think this is like his third time. And he realizes he only has a dollar 68 in his bank account. So he calls up his friend, his friend loans him, his friend agrees to loan him some money, but he has to come out with them and drink, go out for a night of drinking. So he reluctantly agrees, even though he knows he has to study. Wakes up the next day in his neighbor's apartment, and his neighbor is seemingly dead in a pool of blood on the floor. Oh, no. And, well, he, he's not even sure that it's his neighbor. He just sees that it's like a dead body covered in blood. He wakes up, not his apartment. He's covered in like bruises, scratches, cuts, all this stuff. He has no idea what happened. He com- was completely blackout drunk. So the movie is just him trying to put the pieces together of what happened all the while of trying to avoid getting caught because he's kind of trapped in this room and it's sort of his own fault. But um, 
the landlords trying to come in, the maintenance people are trying to come in, fix the boiler. So there's like all of these things that happen. It's like, it's just a series of, uh, goofy little set pieces that, that happen. And it's not very funny. Like I didn't find it funny at all. I don't think I laughed a single time. The main character, uh, he is very annoying. Like he's just, he, his acting, he's just so over the top. Like his character is just so over the top and like overly expressive. And we see that a lot in like South Korean comedies and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it comes off as being just like way too goofy and cartoonish. And that was kind of the case here. That's not to say that it's a bad movie. Um, I did enjoy it. And there are a fair amount of twists and turns that happen here that kind of caught me by surprise. Like I didn't really know where this was going. It's largely set in two apartments. So like the neighbors and his, and they're very small. So they're like little studios. So it's a, it's a very contained movie as well, but I guess I would give it like a very, very light recommend. It was, it's it was sort of right down the middle for me, mm. but again, that's called next door. Uh, I watched, uh, apparently a bunch of sci-fi stuff, I guess to run up to Nope. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. one of them is Logan's run from 1976. Oh man. Michael Jenny, you got her. Logan's run. I never actually saw this whole thing. I only saw parts. Uh, I got to say the, the production design on this movie is something else. Like the sets and everything, the costuming, like all of it is just, it's out of this world. It's so great. Uh, you know, it's a throwback style in terms of like people thinking the future was going to be future fucking ristic, you know, not just like, oh, we're going to make everything clean and clinical everything's just white no this is this is the 70s baby everyone it's got colors it's got all sorts of stuff it is just incredible and the the whole premise of logan's run is just this incredible city under these domes you know it's it's seemingly idyllic the only thing is, is you can't turn 30 uh you get rejuvenated with air quotes which is just means that you float up like you're in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and you float up and you get zapped by something. I don't know what they get zapped with, but they die. And so sometimes people run. And our man, our man Logan, he's a sandman. He goes after runners and he kills them. That's what he does. That's his job. So he gets tasked with trying to find this, this place that these runners are supposedly going to. So he kind of goes undercover. And tries to get there himself. And he ends up learning a whole mess of things. The truth uh, is the number one thing, I guess. But there's some weird stuff going on here. There's a robot in an ice fortress. Which I don't understand what that's about. I honestly ended up with a lot of questions at the end. Because it seems really straightforward, right? You can't turn 30, you die. He's like, oh, I'm going to try and find their hideout where they're running to. But he ends up outside the world, and it's just, uh, it's silly. It's silly, but it's also kind of great. Because you just don't really see this anymore. You don't see this hyper-futuristic shit. 
Yeah, sounds uh, sounds pretty wacky. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a little tough to get past the the old timiness of it because a lot of it is silly. But if you're able to get on its wavelength, I, you'll enjoy it. You'll have fun with it because I did. That's what always kind of prevented me from seeing it. Like like I said, I've seen tons of clips and stuff and i just never i just don't really like that aesthetic so i, I think that that's what kind of i which is understandable me i completely to... understand it is funny though that michael york at the end he's kind of being interrogated by the supercomputer and you keep in mind that you can't turn 30 here and there's like other sandman around mm-hmm. and there's two specifically behind him that look like they're like 58 years old and it's like <laughs> why why would you cast guy like, there's no way that they're under 30. Come on now. <laughs> mm. All right. That's Logan's run. Uh, I saw Dark Nature. This is directed by Berkeley Brady. Uh, this is a sort of a creature feature a little bit. Uh, it's about a group of women who all suffered some sort of trauma, and they go to the to the forest for this like wilderness therapy retreat type thing. And um, there's a, there's a creature out there. There's a creature out there in the woods that starts hunting them down. And the weird thing is like before, before each of them like gets attacked or or whatever happens to them, um, they like experience their their trauma like they they kind of like it kind of manifests itself and they and they relive their trauma and um it's just not very good this is not a very good movie at all the creature design is pretty poor it basically it's just like a like a humanoid type of uh creature that just like it just looks like a person covered in blood pretty much Mm. it almost seems like they're they were trying to to it seems like there was a lot of inspiration from the descent here um, but not anywhere like close to the descent. It's not actually very scary. Uh, the the makeup effects are like okay, but not nothing great. The performances are are middling at at best. They're pretty rough actually. <laughs> um, and I think that the kind of average script it doesn't help matters. And it's just not not a lot of it made sense to me like the whole like was the creature causing this uh trauma recurrence thing or was it like in their heads like they 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 weren't it was like part of the therapy where they were like experiencing this and and if so like it seemed like the whole movie like the creature represents the trauma that they were suffering you know like one of those deals but it doesn't make a lot of sense when a lot of them just got killed, like just straight up murdered by this creature. And like some of the women were like, some of them didn't really seem to have any kind of major trauma, but they still got killed. So like, what does that mean? And like, uh, it's just, uh, it's just messy. It's, it was just messy. And I didn't really, uh, didn't really enjoy myself too much with this Mm -hmm. one. So unfortunately I can't really recommend dark nature. Hmm. Uh, I watched Final Destination three. Oh boy, with the roller coaster. It's the roller coaster one. Is this the one where it's the there's that scene where the person's getting their hair cut? Is it the hair? No. Okay. No one getting Not a haircut. This, one. I don't this think. Probably, 
It's probably the next one then. <laughs> I mean, one guy kind of did, but that was just because an engine was going through the back of his head. Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah. for a split second, he was getting a haircut, and then it entered his skull and then his brain, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you want to count that. Yeah. Uh, Final Destination 3. This one, I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy. Uh, there are some things about it, but that I kind of enjoyed, but uh, overall, this one just felt kind of mean-spirited to me. Like, it didn't have the same type of tone as the other two. Where this one just kind of felt where they were like, oh, we're just going to make them as grisly as they can be. We're just going to make them super grisly. Like, they're kind of clever. You know, they kind of have that Rube Goldberg device type thing going on where, you know, all these things come together for it to actually happen. But part of it is Mary Elizabeth Winstead is she kind of knows she has the photos so she has clues to look for. So like when the scene's happening, the camera's constantly going around and showcasing things like, oh, it could be that. Oh, this could be a part of the step. This could be the next step. And it just felt like it was undercutting kind of how this all works in a way. And then it just, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't as entertaining as I found the other two, which is funny to say because entertaining and people dying really embarrassing deaths but it just wasn't you know (laughs) it just felt like grizzly for the sake of being grizzly like what's the most fucked up thing we can do to somebody and it's just like "Eh." and uh, another thing that gets me is like uh the second one and all these movies or at least the three that i've seen now the centerpiece is the opening you know it's them going into a situation, them having the vision, them, you know, seeing that vision play out, the editing, the, you know, the pacing of it, all of that is where, like, you get to show off your chops as a filmmaker. And I think number two does a great, great job of that. And here, this one is just kind of shitty. And then the weird thing is that, like, it ends and she gets off the, the ride and a couple other people get off the ride. And then usually you have the thing happen and here it's just like it starts to happen and then it just cut away and you know start the movie I, I i don't know it just it wasn't awful but at the same time i just it was really disappointing given how high i was on the the first two well one thing to remember with that one is that it was in it was shot in 3d so you definitely Got to think about s- the 3D gimmicks that they were yeah, that they yeah. were trying to think about when they were shooting that. I could see that then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the roller coaster one. I was not. I, I don't. I think that that was probably the weakest one. The NASCAR one is also pretty weak. But the then the NASCAR. <laughs> the NASCAR one's pretty, pretty fucking weak too. But then the bridge one, which was the very the last one, I think the bridge one kind of brought it back. Okay, I'm excited for the bridge one. The NASCAR I'm, one's I, <laughs> I'm not as excited for the NASCAR one, but at the same time, it's very, ridiculous. very intrigued. It, I'm it, extremely it, intrigued that there's one that's the NASCAR one. It's it's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that one's over the top. That one's pretty damn over the top. Wow. 
when you get to the haircut scene and I can't remember, it's funny cause I can't remember which one that is, but I remember, I remember the scene very vividly and, and thinking that it was very clever. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's final destination three. Um, the last one that I'll mention is a kind of an absurdist comedy called we might as well be dead. This is uh, directed by Natalia uh, Sinalinkova, and it is a German dark comedy of sorts. It feels very much in the same vein as uh, like a Lanthimos, like one of those where it's it's like very dry, not necessarily like overtly funny, but just just absurd. And what this is about is it takes place in some sort of dystopian present that they don't really get into it, which I actually was one of the things I liked, but it seems like something bad is happening in the world. And there's this um, secured high rise where like it's, it's completely safe. Like it's surrounded by, barbed wire fences and like there's like all these sensors and security measures and stuff and the people that live there it's it's like this sort of utopian society and um the 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 main character of this movie is the she's like the security officer for the building so she handles like any security matters she she watches the 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 front desk she um anytime there's new uh applicants she's the one who like screens them and then shows them around and and stuff like that and basically what this is is it's it's just like a social satire um you have all of these like old rich white people who control the the whole building and because of one sequence where the uh the woman is sort of she's out like on patrol and she sort of snoops on one of the residents but they spot her but they can't tell it's her and because of that they think that there's this like prowler and and it just causes all of this like turmoil and it's like a complete breakdown where everybody all of a sudden like has they're just riddled with fear and anger and they want to um reevaluate everybody who's lived there for for uh less than 15 years so any anybody who's like younger they they want to reevaluate and possibly kick them out and it's um it's definitely it's dry. It's a it's a very slow paced movie, but I enjoyed myself quite a bit while watching it. I just liked seeing the day to day like inner workings of how this like high rise functioned, and I liked mm-hmm. the look of the high rise itself. It didn't look uh, modern necessarily, but it just um, I I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it maybe had had a little bit of like a mid-century modern look to it, uh, but I liked the whole visual style, like the 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 production design of the the high rise itself, quite a bit. 
And uh, yeah, overall, I liked it a lot. I, I can see this not working for a lot of people just because it's not it's not as over the top and weird as like a Lanthimos. It's much more understated and sort of grounded, but the people are still ridiculous. And it it doesn't like there's nothing like crazy that happens, but um, I, I still found it to be very entertaining. So I could definitely recommend we might as well be dead. I, mean, I, I am interested in this one. I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. I think you'll like it. Sounds kind of up my alley. For some reason, I like movies that take place in, like, high-rises. I, li- I like the idea of, like, high-rise communities, like um, like Cronenberg's Rabid. Like, I really love the fact that that movie took place in a high-rise. Interestingly, I wasn't a big fan of the movie High-Rise, but <laughs> I liked the concept of it. It's just they went a bit too in on the high-rise thing. Yeah, I just didn't like how that one played out, but I, yeah, I like the I, setting. Yeah, I didn't like that movie either. Don't like it. Can I tell you about a movie I did like? Event Horizon. Mm. Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, yeah, Paul W.S. Anderson. We Yeah, we covered this on the um, the 90s podcast yeah, yeah. Uh, a while back. Yeah, yeah, I listened it's to that It's a classic, episode, man. It is a it classic. it reminded me. I was like, I have not seen Event Horizon. It sounds as though something that I would thoroughly enjoy and love. It's pretty bonkers. It is, and it's great. Space Hell. Wonderful. Wonderful concept. I just I love it. It, it, it. Gravitational gateway takes you to the terrible places, and then people die. What more do you fucking want? It's like Spear, but with another ball that moves. That's gravity that creates a black hole. That's great. I love it. I had so much goddamn fun with Event Horizon. Uh, I think it also really helped that it has Sam Neill, which I'm a big Sam Neill fan. He just makes me happy when he's in movies and he gets to go. He gets to go off the deep end here, which I enjoy. And uh, it's just, it was, it was a great sci-fi movie. And that room just the the production design of that room of that of that gateway the black hole maker it was just phenomenal especially like when he gets in like the little underground tunnel corridor thing with all the like fluorescent green motherboards and shit it's just man it's great times yeah it's like it's like it's, it kind of reminds me of hellraiser a little bit it's just it's awesome i love these like i just feel like there's not that many of the like sci-fi horror movies that are like like this where they're just these like dark they're set in space but they're just kind of you know usually it's like aliens and stuff yeah and i think that's another thing that's kind of disappointing that we don't really have a lot of is this movie's just straightforward they're like we're going to get this ship it disappeared he tells you how the ship works. They get in there. Shit starts going bad. They try and leave. You can't leave. Boom. That's your movie. There was a there was point there was A one to point that, B. There was another one that I liked a lot that that felt very similar. It was called Pandorum. It came out many years after Event Horizon, but that's another one that I think is underrated. What's it, what's it called? Pandorum. Okay. 
2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that poster. Yeah, the arm. Yeah. Yep. Dennis Quaid. I saw. I yeah. I saw that in the uh, in the theater. Actually, played played theaters. <laughs> Norman Reedus. I always think that that's not a real name, but that is Norman Reedus. A real name. Yeah, I always feel like that's a character name. Like someone came up with a <laughs> character name. Because he looks like someone that you would name Norman Reedus in a movie. Mm-hmm. You don't think that that person would actually exist in real life. But he does. He's there. I love Norman Reedus. I do too. I like him. I, I, need, to see, seems... I, need, I need to see him in more stuff. I think he came up with that name himself. There's no <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Christian name, come on. Yeah, apparently there's a uh, there's like a fabled director's cut of Event Horizon, where like I guess Paul Thomas Anderson had to cut out Paul Thomas um, Anderson. No, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. I'll watch that fucking director's <laughs> cut of another director. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson originally <laughs> directed this. Um, yeah, he. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson had to like he he had this like original cut where it was like way more gory. Like there were all these like other crazy bloody set pieces and stuff that ended up getting cut out of the of the movie. Mm. But I don't think I, I think it might be lost media. Like I don't know that it'll ever come out. Oh, that's a bummer. But yeah, apparently there's like a really super gory cut of it. I mean, it's gory. It's already pretty damn gory, so. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. DC League of Super Pets is coming out. Uh, This is, uh, looks horrible. Yes. The animation looks god-awful. And I don't support this movie at all. (laughs) Oh, man. They're going to (laughs) be bummed to find out about that. Yeah. So that's that's, uh, DC... League of Super Pets. You know, maybe if the animation was better. Yeah. But I feel like these days, animation, like, I don't know what studio made this, but it just looks so lazy to me. Like, not everything has to be CG, you know? Like, we can come out with some hand-drawn 2D animation again every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, just, like, parts of it. There's got to be something, something that we could do. Something different. It does feel like a lot of animated movies are just kind of have the same art style. I mean, that's I think that that's one thing that set a, set Spider Man apart was that it was, yeah, it was CG, but it was at least it was something different. Um, VOD this week. Let's see. On the twenty sixth, we have Blackwood. This is a western. On the twenty seventh, we have Recurrence on Netflix. Then on the 29th, we have The Reef Stalked. That's going to be on Shudder. We have Paradise Highway, Purple Hearts, which is going to be on Netflix, and How to Please a Woman. Yeah, it looks like a, a rom-com, I guess. Oh, yeah. And then on Blu-ray, we have Voyage of the Rock Aliens from 1984, Yes. Uh, I don't know anything about that, but it's definitely going on my watch list on the title alone. We have uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind getting a 4K release. 
Species from 1995 getting a 4K release. Writing Wrongs from 1986. The Lost Cities coming out in 4K. That's the one with uh, Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock that came out earlier this year. We have I'm Dangerous Tonight from 1990. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. That's an Abbott and Costello one from 1952. Uh, Final Flesh from 2009. That's an AGFA release. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thriller, A Cruel Picture from 1973 is getting a 4K release. That's also called They Call Her One-Eye. That's the uh, very graphic Christina Lindbergh thriller that is uh, something else. That one's something else. It's kind of like a rape revenge movie, but it's uh, pretty grisly. Red Lips from 1995. Two Undercover Angels and Kiss Me Monster from 1969. Um, this isn't... Superior from 2021. Raw Nerve from 1991. Uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. is getting a 4K release. Uh, let's see. Primal with Nicolas Cage from 2019 is getting a 4K release. Let's see here. The Oregonian from 2011 oh, wow. coming out. I haven't, I haven't thought about that movie in quite a while. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Victoria from 2014. Ravage from 1997. Uncle Buck is getting a new Blu-ray release. Oh, nice. I don't know if this is like, doesn't look like it's any kind of special thing, though. Hmm. And that's those are the biggies. Uh, what about Criterion's this week? Uh, we have no Criterion's because it being mm. the, the first of the first week of the month. Uh, but I do want to say that Voyage of the Rock Aliens is available on Tubi. Of course, it is. It is. It's also a musical, apparently. Oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> that kind of turned me off a bit with the whole. I mean, I I might still watch it, but or or at least attempt to watch it and see see how i feel about you, it you're, you're gonna watch it sorry i but might not watch the whole thing if the music really sucks oh i'm sure it's terrible but but it can be terrible in a fun way yeah, yeah if it's terrible yeah. in a fun way then it then it'll then i'll keep watching it but if it's just bad then yeah i also forgot to mention we're all going to the world's fairs coming out on Blu-ray, and also um, the Gaspar No one, uh, Lux Eterna. Ah, okay. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be very much appreciated. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.